Hey, what up, everybody? <laughs> it's your boy, Comedian Ball here, Phillips, and we are here right now. I didn't even do the regular intro thing. We're here right now with the doctor. The one Brianna Gaynor. Say your whole name because I, I, I don't want to mess up nothing. I don't want no trouble. Well, you're right. Brianna Gaynor. That is my name, Dr. Brianna Gaynor. Dr. Brianna Gaynor. And we are here today on um, Ballhead's podcast. We got a couple of things we're going to address. First off, I want you to tell them, we're going to do it in the beginning and end, tell them where they can find you at on social media. You know. All right. You can find me on Peace of Mind Psychology on Facebook and Instagram. And we also have a new page, Dr. Brianna Gaynor on Instagram. So it's B-R-I-A-N-N-A. Last name G A Y N O R, but yeah. peace of mind psychology.com on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, I, y'all, I apologize. I had to, I got this dang on thing on and it keep going off. And I don't want <laughs> you're good. I don't know why I keep going off like that. You know, I'm a, I'm a game head, so I'm playing, I'll be playing PlayStation. I play PlayStation until I take drugs, that's my thing, but. It's a a lot of crazy things that are going on in the world today, and I want to address a couple of them because, you know, it is what it is. Life is uh, too short. How is that happening? And this, oh my God, I'm sorry. What is that ringing? I cut off. Oh, I know. Man, this is the worst thing I've never. <laughs> I can't believe this. I can't believe this happened today. I'm gonna, what was this? It's gonna cuss me out. Why would you have that game on? <laughs> oh, I know what to do. I know exactly what to do. Shut stuff down. When you shut stuff down, can't nothing talk about it. Man, I shut it all down. That's good. All right. Man, I don't even know who's calling me. But um, there's a lot of things going on as far as the pandemic, mm-hmm. not over with. But it's coming to a close. It's coming to, you know, close. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. And then hopefully. it's like, yeah, it's like right when we ready to, to jam, here's another variant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, we both were affected by, um, by having it. Yeah. Um, and dealing with the things. I don't know. You know. You know. Some people had it worse. I, me myself, I say I had it worse because I've never experienced anything like that before. Mm-hmm. It was just all in my chest, all in my lungs, everything. All the medicine, all the treatment, all the bedtime, all that. I could go over and over and over again, but I didn't even realize that when people Google me now for comedy, it comes up about the COVID. Wow, really? Yeah, it's like a whole big thing on me. You know, it's, it was, and it was a couple. I, I remember doing a couple of interviews. Mm-hmm. It was like it's way more than I than I knew it was. Because mm-hmm. I was because my, my friend told me he's like because you was the first comedian with it. And I was like, I always wanted to be first on something. Not <laughs> that. for that, though. That would not be the thing you want to be first for. Yeah. No, but one thing this 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 pandemic and the corona financial situation because it's it has affected everybody. 
Yeah. Mentally, physically, financially. I don't care the people that don't even believe that it's real or believe whatever they believe, you were affected by it. I don't care how it, it affected you. So everybody got some type of mental situation going on with it. Depression went rampant. Mm -hmm. People were trying to uh, 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 really live a normal life and the normal got changed. Completely, absolutely, mm -hmm. like overnight. It just, I remember when it first happened and we had to close the office down in March thinking, okay, it'll be a few weeks, not expecting just the gravity of everything and going in and going out and how do you keep people safe and really having to figure out a new way just to see clients. Like we really literally had to figure out a whole new way to run our business so that we could maintain our business. And it's great now, but it was extremely, I think, stressful. And it was something we, I mean, nobody knew what to do or what was going to happen. We had no idea. No, no idea. Nobody, nobody in our time has ever faced a situation like that. Not at all. You're the right. worst, 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 worst thing was when cold and flu got that got its own season. <laughs> yeah. You would hear that. The cold and flu season, cold and flu season. Mm -hmm. I never had the flu, never had pneumonia. But when I caught it, I got the highest viral pneumonia. I never heard of viral pneumonia. When the dude, when the dude told me, the doctor told me, he said, Yes, you have viral pneumonia. I was like, where you get that from the internet? <laughs> they laughed at, because I don't know what it was. They found out I was a comedian. Mm -hmm. And it was like everything I said they thought was funny. But I was like, no, I don't know anything about that. Mm -hmm. the, doctor, yeah. the, the lung doctor literally told me it's a respiratory infection that goes crazy. He was talking about the COVID. He said, but it brings out a lot of other stuff and it attacks other stuff. So we're learning. He told me we're learning about it through you. Yeah. And, you know, people that come in. I think that's the frustrating part for people because we keep hearing all these different things. But I think we're all figuring it out at the same time. I mean, this is something that has just kind of exploded in such a short period of time. I think they're figuring it out the way we figure it out. All the health entities. We're just trying to see what this looks like because we really had no idea and probably are still learning things that we haven't known, you know, but what's interesting is that although people have had a lot of negative impact, when I talk to people, a lot of people have had a lot of positive, um, I don't know, for lack of a better word, consequences with COVID. A lot of people feel like it actually was a good thing and helped them to be able to spend more time with family, to be able to kind of slow down, figure out what they needed. Um, disconnect from relationships that weren't important. So it hasn't all been bad. And I find that those people are almost hesitant to say that because people have had such a difficult time. They don't want to say that COVID was actually good for me. Right. Hey, hey. I know a couple people that are financially up now. Cousin. Yeah. yeah. I know some people that just, I, but I look at it, me myself. Hey, cousin, what's happening, Kimberly? I look at it myself as um, it was a lot of bad. Far as the deaths, the illnesses, yeah. and everything, but it did make people get themselves stronger. And if you did not, if you had some type of talent, if you had some type of skill, and you didn't level up with that, yeah. in my mind, you you wasting space, man. You wasting space because one time in life, you know, 
they, they'll tell you, sometimes you have to sit down and think. Regroup. That gave everybody time to sit down and think. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Whether you wanted to or not. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. If, you, if, you, if you lived with somebody, you lived with somebody, y'all was in a relationship, either that relationship got stronger or you knew, I ain't supposed to be with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I know you was that ignorant. <laughs> I ain't supposed to be with you. Mm-hmm. So it 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 was it was some some I want to say good things, but it was some it was it was a very good learning experience. Mm-hmm. Very good learning experience. And now everybody's ready to be loose. You got people running around, they against the mask, they this, that, and other. However, when they're talking about this other one that's about mm-hmm. to come, yeah. I know that a lot of people are way more prepared than we were last time. Yeah, I mean, hopefully. So just even in terms of taking care of your mental health, knowing what to do, getting outside, what things worked for you and did it. And I think that the idea of having to go through that again is not pleasant. But the truth is, if we can remind ourselves that we're, we are much better prepared, we know what to do, we know what worked and what didn't, and we know that we can do it. You may not want to, but right. it's not as huge of an unknown that it was before. I know for me, one of the blessings has been to be able to work from anywhere. I, I was um, at my best friend's house in December for two weeks. And I was able to work the whole time. So that was a blessing because before the pandemic, that would have never happened. I would have had to be here and I would not have been able to take off all that time from work. So, you know, you there have been good things. And I think that we should really remember what worked and what didn't because we're really not unprepared this time. So that is the good thing about it. Yeah, and if you, if, if you haven't, you need to get your vitamins all the way up. <laughs> yeah. Get your vitamins all the way up because I mean, you, you, elderberries and all of that, it, all of that, whatever you got to do, whatever is good for your body, you need to get it in order because who knows? The things that your grandmother said, wash your hands, keep yourself, stay away from nasty people, you know, <laughs> all of that. Uh, everything needs to be put in order. Mm-hmm. We know now. Now we're going to sit up, we can go on, we can fight. We can do what we're gonna do. Nikisha Lust, what's happening, baby? It's it's a uh it's a it's a thing. Now, what I want to ask you about is how do you think the temperature is with people getting back out here? My thing of it is with me having it, people have been asking me, are you paranoid of crowds? Do you like I don't like big crowds no more? Me myself, mm-hmm. I don't like big crowds. I was the dude that lived, man, it's packed. I'm going in there. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I love I love being around people. Now, I still love being around people, but I want to be around the people now that I know. Yeah. I know I know these people houses is I know these people OCD. Mm-hmm. They they're gonna clean everything. You go in their house and smell like bleach. They're not gonna let no nasty people in their situation. <laughs> That's what I'm comfortable with. But why do you how do you feel overall how people are gonna be now? Well, I think there are a few things. I think during this pandemic, we all have a different level of comfort in terms of what we're willing to do, who we're willing to be around. And the truth is, even with the people who you know what they're doing, you're taking a risk. You, you just are. We're all taking a risk. So it's about the risks that you're willing to take. I think that there is also a lot of 
like anxiety just to get back to what it used to be, you know? So being out and wanting to do the things we used to do, enjoy being around people. And so I think that some people are just ready to do that. And some people have some anxiety about it, even in going and taking those careful steps, there's still a lot of anxiety about, oh my gosh, what could this do? Could my kid get sick? You know, there's all these different things now that we never had to think about when you left your house that you never had to think about. I know for myself, just going out, it's been nice to be out, but then I'm kind of like, okay, where's my mask? Like it, there's, there's not as much of a level of just comfort. It feels weird to do what, what I used to do before the pandemic. It's like, mm, this doesn't feel like it's what I, I should be doing right now. I know, I know masks, mm-hmm. <laughs> but some of us are always at arm's reach. Yeah, I have like six masks in my car. I have some clean ones out here. Like, yeah. And I don't think that that's anything I would ever just want to let go. Just No, I don't, think, I don't think so neither. Let me tell you one, one person May they rest in peace. Had the idea before anybody. It was Michael Jackson. Michael okay. Jackson would wear a man that mask way before because he was like, man, these people got germs. <laughs> these people is nasty, I uh-huh. But that's what I want to tell you too. Then I then I, I I just realized why that mask. What people make people think that mask was gonna protect them. The, the a surgical mask, because a surgical mask really, I mean, I understand when they saying you have a mask on. If I have a mask on, my mask is to protect you. Mm-hmm. Your mask is supposed to be protecting me from your germs. Mm-hmm. But why we couldn't have a mask that they got in, 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 with the coal miners and all of that? That's a mask. That's a real mask. You got, I, I'm not secure really anymore with this little paper. Or this the cloth. It's like, uh. Yeah, but the truth is it has protected some people. And I think it, it's done at least some, there's been some effectiveness at least to it. But I mean, again, I think the truth is you just are taking a risk. You can be as safe as you can, but it's about what you're comfortable doing and not. That's really the the reality of it. That's the I reality. Know, I know a young lady that did all the vitamin thing, did all of that, had a mask. Still got got it. Yeah, exactly. The worst part about it is you don't know, a lot of people don't know where they got it from or who they got it from. Mm -hmm. I think people feel like, if I can pinpoint that, I I know what not to be doing. I know who not to be around or what type of people to be around. But it's it's, it's still crazy. But I I just think about that too, like, it can also impact just how you feel and your overall anxiety if you feel like, so let's say you were the person and then you did everything you could to be safe and there's all this anxiety about, oh my God, what did I do? I did something wrong. I made people sick. And there's some of this that we just kind of can't prevent. And I think for people who have done all that they could and still got it, it could lead to some guilt. What can you do about it? I mean, this is just kind of the state of the world. So kind of also recognizing that you can do all you can, but we also have to have grace with ourselves and with other people because it's not necessarily your fault. You're not necessarily the person who's going into crowds and it could still happen. And I'm sure that that on top of everything else has also caused depression and anxiety and just not wanting to be around people and we need people. So then how do you balance being careful 
but also being social. That's difficult. Yeah, a lot of people, that, that's the one thing that a lot of people need people for the social, social yeah. aspect of it. I was, and I'm one of the people that, if you have been locked up and you get through that, you don't really need people. Because I was locked up, locked up. Like, I was in jail, but at the same time, I went in a hole for a year. They put me in a hole for a year. Yeah. I beat up some I beat up some Aryan dudes. But the thing was, it was probably 25 people on that same big fight. Mm -hmm. 18 of them went crazy. Like I don't, I don't. What is the word would I would say that was politically correct to say? That? I like, I would like to call people that in public and not. Be. Yeah, please don't call people crazy. <laughs> please don't do that. I, I got a relative. What I call her crazy all the time. Oh, she my God. Oh. I, I hate that. We all the time, especially in our culture. Everybody, oh, they crazy. Well, they're struggling mentally. They have some mental health challenges, but not crazy because that creates such a negative connotation. Okay. And we all have our moments, uh, so maybe not as extreme as others, but we all struggle with something. My my my, my family, Nikisha Lust says insane. No, you're not supposed no, to call it insane. insane either. That no. <laughs> so he's mentally touched. Oh, I, I I would really just like to say what my grandmother would say. He's kind of touched. <laughs> I'm nobody's like who touched him? No, what do you mean he's touched? He's touched. But I mean, it's a lot of people that. That were in there on that case, and they 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 didn't come out right. Mm -hmm. And a couple of guys committed suicide. Absolutely. I can't imagine. And um the psychologists that would come, they would come like 30 days. Every 30 days, a psychologist would come. And the one that came to my door, I think like the second month, they was like, Ain't nothing wrong with you. And I think it was because my grandmother had told me at one point in time you were an only child and you played by yourself. And I'm like, yeah, I did. And so I just went back into that, that mindset of I could read, I could listen to the radio, I could sit up and really think, get my mind together. And then I started uh, getting all these religious books and I started reading the religious books, but I read them for the fact that I have a, 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 a theory that you could talk about whatever religion you is, but basically it's one, the same thing. Mm -hmm. Just different people comprehend it different. And that kind of got me through because you know you if you got a lot of thinking on your mind and you keep pushing and you alone i think that i think that's what helped me not uh be touched so <laughs> or not to struggle how about that yeah, right right not struggle yeah that that and then i i, I knew being in lock being confined like that mm -hmm. i my number one thing was when i sat down and i really thought about it i said i need to change something so I won't get in here again. So I started to change myself. That battle took up about eight months out of that year. Because people don't understand to change your mind, set to change you, you got to really have a battle with yourself. And it was, it was I was in there talking to myself and answering too. <laughs> like you, you can talk to yourself all day, but you better answer. What, why wouldn't I answer? It's me that I'm talking to. So I, I did that and I came out, you know.
But that's interesting because that would also other people could go the opposite way and really struggle to have all that time by themselves. So what is that? What what helped you to utilize that to be stronger versus other people who would just completely not be able to handle it and go the complete opposite way? What is that mean? Prayer. It was prayer. Mm. Praying. I I come from my my great grandparents and my grandparents. I spent a lot of time around them. They prayed a lot. They went to church a lot. They believed in God. And I was growing up seeing things happening. And they were mm-hmm. like, oh, that was God. Oh, you prayed for that. You know? And, I'm, you know, some people might be like, eh, I don't believe it. But, hey, it got me through because when I felt that things weren't going right, they, they, they actually, with that case, the racism in that penitentiary that I was in, it's called Moose Lake. Um, it's in Minnesota. It's built underground. And no, Oak Park Heights, I'm sorry. Oak Park Heights is built underground. So you you can only see daylight if you're looking out of the window in the yard because everything is underground. You got got the knowledge knowledge that you're underground. Mm. Then the knowledge that I'm in the hole and they telling me I got a year. So it ain't like, you know, when somebody say, what you going to do for a year? When I tell people I did a year, they were like, what did you do? I said I was in there. Yeah. I had to do, I had to be in there. And so when I really they they found out what the case was, the white authority in there and everything, they was like, oh, well, you're not gonna give them a radio. like 30 days, you're supposed to get a radio. They wouldn't give me no radio and they wouldn't give me no books. But they could not deny me religious books. But if I didn't know that, I didn't ask about it. And mm-hmm. I didn't know that they had one guard. It was a black dude. He came to my cell one night and said, listen, I was, I, he said, I'll be in there before I do count. I read everybody's files. I want to know who I'm, who I'm watching. He said, I know y'all can't come out of there, mm-hmm. but I'm, 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 um, biding my time by reading up on y'all. Yeah. He said, they said you couldn't get no religious, no, no, no books. But did you know you can get religious books? Mm-hmm. I was like, no. He said, well, I'm going I'm I'm to put a book in your chuck hole that has a lot of stories in it, and you mm-hmm. can read it. And they said, you let me know if you needed another book, a religious book. So when I woke up that next morning, it was a Bible. I laughed because my mm-hmm. grandmother had already wrote me a letter and said, you better get that Bible and start reading. Mm-hmm. So I laughed at it because I know it is a lot of stories in the Bible. Mm-hmm. I asked, I told him that day, I said, what other religious books do y'all have? He said, we got all of them. We got a library. I said, I want them all. So every other night, book coming in, book coming. Guards came, the other guards, white guards came. What are you doing with all those books? I said, these are religious books. They said, yeah. what religion are you? I said, well, I was uh, raised a Baptist. I said, but I might be switching up. So that's why I'm reading these books. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I didn't want them to try to take them books. Yeah. Anyway, I'm reading and I'm reading and reading. I'm praying, I'm thinking. I'm getting my mind in order. And I had to split myself in two to really understand this dude been keeping us down. So it was three. They say you got two personalities, right? Or is it three? Two personalities. 
Yeah, you know, they say you guys two sides to a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I found that it was three to me. Okay, what were the three sides? Uh, the, the dude I made up, the, the, mm -hmm. the street dude, and the family mm -hmm. dude. So that was the guy that rode the, the kid that was growing up and knowing about the Lord, praying, trying to be right, the street cat. And then the other dude that was made up was the comedian. Mm -hmm. The comedian and the kid that had to um, change himself, to change everything, the one that believed in God, we had to kind of get rid of the street dude. Mm -hmm. Because the street dude was going to keep you in there. But we couldn't get, get rid of him all the way. We had to just put him, put him at bay and let him know, hey, you only going to be able to come out if you're absolutely needed, if it's a life dangerous situation. And in life, since that time, the dude's been put up. But every now and then, he'll rattle that door. Hey, I, hey, don't let me have to come out. <laughs> if I come out, we going back in. Okay, we're going to reevaluate. We're going to stay away from certain situations. Mm -hmm. We're going to change our mindset. I told somebody else this, and it's crazy that I'm telling this live. But I told somebody else this, and they was like, dude, you, you, that really gonna sound crazy to a lot of other people. But it's logical because you gotta change your life if you wanna stay out of those same situations. Absolutely. If you're used to the normal things of getting up, seeing somebody getting shot, and knowing, hey man, I got a stolen car, we finna take it to the chop shop, or this girl is just so promiscuous with everybody and you want to be, it's like, it's a lot of things that you got to put in the phone. And that's what it is. So when you were talking about, some people said that they had a good coming out of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. It was good. I need, I had to go to jail. I had yep. to go to jail to be at the mindset that I'm at not right now. I mean, that's a great point. I think that a lot of the difficult things, I think about the most difficult things I've been through just, it helped me develop as a person. So what you're talking about is kind of growth and development and figuring out how to yeah, be the best person I can be. And what are these aspects of myself that I need to manage better or not let be so prominent? All those things as we grow so that you can be the person you want to be. Because the things that used to serve you don't always serve you as you get older. Some of those things we either put away or we continue to get into the same patterns and the same situations that cause us the trouble in the first place. Yeah. And that, 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 that mindset right there is not, I mean, that, that situation is not ended with you just thinking when you get out, when I, well, when I got out, I ain't mm -hmm. third person. when I got out, there was a lot of people I couldn't be around anymore. Yeah. Cause I found out it's like a drug being in the streets is like, being on drugs. Now they got counseling for everybody that's on crack and heroin and alcohol and all of that. They ain't got no counseling for the street hustler. Hmm. The street hustler is, 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 is addictive. It's very addictive to be you outside making all that money doing absolutely nothing, but you got this overwhelming presence of the police, the stick up artists, some chick trying to trick you up out of this. And a million other things that could come with it. I had to, I had to alleviate a lot of people 
I had to get rid of people. I had to get away from people. It's people right now. Man, we don't hang out no more. I don't do that no more, man. What I'm going to be sitting on the block all day for? Mm-hmm. I ain't one of my friends, he passed. He told me one day, he said, hey, man, I'm going to need you not to be hanging around here like you be like like it's okay. I mean, what you mean? I know everybody over here. I know the, the Butlers. I know the Hicks. I know the Hawkins. What am I not hanging around? He's like, man, there's other things going on that you ain't involved in no more. Mm-hmm. You still got juice. You still got pull. You still who you are. But at the same time, mm-hmm. you ain't doing this no more. He said, and if something happens to you, how am I going to explain to your mother when she walks around that corner that I let you sit over here? I'm not a friend if I'm not telling you this. And I was like, you know what, man? That's love. Why? After that, though, like uh, probably that summer, he got killed the same way that he was telling me not to hang over there. Mm-hmm. And it, it made me be like, damn. My friend cared about me enough, but he was still there. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's like you can't. I want to save everybody, but how can I save everybody? You can't. You can't. But maybe that's the, for people like in the streets, like maybe that's the counseling. Maybe it's not professional, but it's the people who have gotten out of it because people can appreciate a lot more if you understand the struggle and you can say, hey, we probably shouldn't do this anymore. That's not a good idea. People <laughs> tend to respect or listen to people who understand their struggle or understand the things they're going through versus someone who has really no context or no idea about that lifestyle or any of it. Just like with substance abuse, a lot of those counselors tend to be former addicts. And that's what tends to work best because they understand, they've been through it, they can counsel and kind of guide in a different way than someone who really hasn't had that struggle before. I worked for um, Cure Violence and I worked for uh, Ceasefire. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things that I understood about that job. Was I could not be some regular dude with a job, living a nine to five, walking up on these kids, telling them, "Hey man, you don't need to sell drugs. You don't need to be gang banging. You don't need to be out here shooting and killing." I couldn't do that. I had to be one of them. I had to be a a, a, a drug dealer, a a thief, or just a person in the streets that was surviving off the street. To talk to them and be like, hey, man, look, this is what I do now. So let me offer you these resources to get yourself in a better position if it is what you want. Mm -hmm. And the crazy part is a lot of them wanted it. But at the same time, a lot of them were still in the same area. So they couldn't get away from that. Yeah. When I mentioned that to one particular guy, he told me something that blew my mind. He was like. Man, what if I do get a job? Say like I'm working at Jiffy Lube. You know, I'm starting this job. I ain't got no car yet. I'm finna go to work. I'm on public transportation. I see, I'm in my, I'm in my uniform. I'm in my Jiffy Lube uniform. I see a dude that I used to get in tour with. He don't care that I got this Jiffy Lube uniform on. He ain't knowing that I'm not in it because I'm still in the neighborhood where it was at. And Bam, I get killed. I told him, I told him something that seemed like a good solution. It was a good solution. But when he told me, he said, I said, well, man, why don't you move? 
move somewhere else. But he said, man, that's even worse than doing what you told me. He said, because I'm, I don't know, the, I don't know, I'm going into a fear zone. I don't know where these people are. I don't know this new place. I don't trust nobody because of where I'm at. I can't trust nobody. Yeah. So you want me to go trust somebody in a different situation? And I had to think about. It. I'm like, damn. I was blessed enough that my grandparents sent me somewhere every summer. So I know about going and doing, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Different experiences, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people don't got them. A lot of people don't got the different experiences. And they got to deal with what they got to deal with. So what do you think, psychology-wise, is a good solution for change for a person I mean, like you asked me, you was like, how, how did I do and how did another person do it? What do you think is a solution for them? The ones that don't, can't do that. Well, I think, you know, there's this thing I've been studying because I'm doing a, um, a talk later on this year about resilience and just what that looks like. How do people just deal with difficult times and come out better versus other people that don't? And I think there's a lot of different things. So one of the things you talked about was um, religion. So what are the things we learn? Like, what about the support that we get from other people? Um, how we learn to, like what we learn about achieving and education and your future and having goals and all those things. I think a lot of it is kind of what we grow up with, having support from people who can kind of show us another way, who can talk to us, who we can talk to about these kind of things versus we can't talk to anyone about it. So then we do things in secret, which becomes bigger. Kind of what are those, what are your values? What are those things that keep you motivated? Right. And then sometimes I think things like having religion and kind of growing up with that, people always tend to come back to that because it's a foundation. And when you get on hard times, you tend to go back to what you saw other people do in your life to help them deal with difficult times. Right. So really kind of all of those things make a huge difference. I think we underestimate just how much our childhood and our experiences shape us. We feel like, okay, now I'm an adult. It doesn't make a difference, but it does. It totally leads to a lot of just the ways we function. I do things just because my mother did it. I don't know if it's better. It's just, oh, it's my mama did, so. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, my mama did, I know. Yeah, that's what you do. You you and that's that's a, a learned by seeing. See, some people don't understand. You can tell your kids all day what to do, but they're watching you too. More than anything. More than anything. You think you think children learn more from watching than talking? No, they learn by what you do. You know, are you backing up what you say with what you do? Are you reliable? Are you consistent? Are you going to say something to me and not follow through? Those are the things that really make a huge difference. Your character, how you deal with other people. Yeah, they're paying attention to everything. You'd be surprised, but every single thing that's going on, they're paying attention. Mr. Nelson, what's happening? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, I, I got my kids, I'd be talking to them, but I mm -hmm. think the older that they get, that they, they realize certain things. And I look at myself. And I realized, like, I go through some stuff, right? And then I'll be mm -hmm. like, damn, that's what my mom was talking about. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like you got to bump your head to get there. Oh, absolutely. And I don't know why it's like that, but it's like, it's this is it's not a new thing. 
It's a lot of people that I know that are even older and was like, man, I ain't listening to no, I ain't listening to none of that, they told me. He said, but when it came upon me, I realized, yeah. but one thing, <laughs> you never realize what your parents was going through until you're a parent. Mm -hmm. And you you be, hey man, do this, do that. Son, daughter, I don't want you to go to, you be like, man, my, my, my mom and them having the same type of conversation with me. My dumb ass wasn't listening. Man, this dumb ass ain't listening. Yeah, yep. But I think the other thing too that helps people move forward is like being willing to kind of listen and have conversations. I think that some, as an adult, having conversations with my parents and being able to hear the things that they went through, the mistakes they made, just being able to have those kind of conversations versus, you know, we kind of keep all these things secret and don't talk about it. What you could have done differently, what went well, just being able to have open and honest conversations about mistakes that we've made, you know, and just life in general, because. I think the more open and honest we can be about those things, we can help other people. And we also realize that we're not alone. We all go through these struggles and it helps to build that resilience because then you have a network where you have people not only supporting you, but you recognize too that we all go through different things, that this is not an abnormal thing. It's not something wrong with me. And you're just a little bit more, I guess, open to the process because Life is nothing if not a process of learning experiences to get you to the next step. Man, if you don't, if you don't, man, you don't say that for the people in the back. <laughs> man, I learned, I learned so much being grown and then being older. Yeah, like it's so much stuff that, that I don't want to be involved in because I know how it's going to turn out already. Yeah, but you had to go through that and see how it turned out to know how it turned out. Otherwise, you would have. It wouldn't have made a difference. It doesn't make as much impact sometimes unless you just kind of go through it. And I think that with difficult times, we we tend to shun it, myself included. But sometimes if you can embrace it, there's something beautiful at the end of that. Like there's so much growth. I like to journal because I like to kind of keep up with where I was. And that kind of helps me to look and be like, oh, OK, OK, I can do this. OK, I have grown. Oh, OK, that's really what I was thinking right then. OK. I'm able to move, to grow, yeah. I mess around. I would mess around now. I could I could probably do journals now because my journal my journals before mm -hmm. I would have if I'd have been right now and somebody would have found them. <laughs> then start off this bitch. <laughs> and then it'd be you know it'd be it'd just be a bad thing. But I, I you know you. It's, it's so much temperature. I mean, so much temperature. There's so many things going on in the world right now where you got to be sensitive. Yeah. Or everybody else is sensitive. You got to watch what you say. These children, I was just on a podcast earlier, and I said, these kids now have messed up their body chemistry and molecular structure with these new prescription white lady drugs. That is crazy. <laughs> My son is like 27. Mm -hmm. He was just down in Atlanta. It's like super hot down here. Right. Mm -hmm. Some days be hot, some days be. But this particular day it was 91 degrees. You know, you get in your car. It's been yeah. sitting out. I got tents on the window. I'm like, Shit. Yeah, it's, it's unbearable sometimes. It's, 
Yeah. I do not. I do. I would never have leather seats. Never. I, I have leather seats actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, with some shorts on. Ah, you, you find out the shorts is too short. <laughs> so I, uh, I get in. I get in the car. I cut it on. You know, the air. I let the windows down a little bit so the air could. When the air does come out the uh, air conditioner, it ain't gonna be hot and blow that in my face with already humidity. So I wait for him to get in the car. Doc, when I tell you he get in the car with a hoodie on, I said, what is wrong with you? It is a thousand degrees out <laughs> Yeah. I said, I said, listen to nature. Do you hear any birds? It's too hot for birds to fly. They're going to be fried birds before they get to where they're going. If you don't take that, then he's like, man, I'm cold. Mm. And so I cut the air on because I'm hot. I don't give a damn about what he's going through. He's going to say, man, dad, could you cut the air on? I told you I'm cold. I said, son, I think you're dying. I think you're dying because you're molecular. Whatever's going on in your body ain't human. It ain't right right now. Are you crazy? I said, we're about to go to the mall. It's always cold in the mall. Mm -hmm. I said, so I don't know what you're going to do. You gonna you gonna buy a coat to put on top of that? But I seen a lot of kids. I see a lot of kids, and I used to just thinking, I just think these kids is that much of a crook. But I was a crook before, and I didn't, I didn't want to be burning up. <laughs> but they don't be hot. If you really look at these kids, they don't be sweating or nothing. I'll be like, <laughs> what are they made of? And it's like it's it's a lot of them drugs, a lot of what they got going on. What is the situation where these parents are these children's friends instead of their parents? Yeah, I think that that happens a lot. And I think that part of, part of the struggle, so a lot of times when we do evaluations, for instance, there are evaluations where we'll say it's important not to let your kid hear a lot of adult information. So what happens is a lot of kids come become parentified, right? So there are instances, for instance, where become what? parentified, which means that they become a parent to a younger child. So a situation where maybe the parents aren't around or there's abuse and this older child has become a parent. So now this older child doesn't know how to, doesn't have boundaries with adults. They're in conversations they are engaging in a lot more mature behavior than they need to. So that's one thing. But the other thing is, I think you want your children to talk to you and there's so many things going on. You want them to come to you, which is great. But but then there isn't a lot of kind of boundaries or structure or discipline, which at the end of the day is worse. They may not like it. I didn't like when I was on punishment, but it's important to create those boundaries because then there's a lack of respect then when you're putting in place discipline, then your child is not listening to you because they don't have kind of that level of respect or that kind of normal kind of fear that you mm -hmm. kind of have in your parents. Not that I'm terrified of you, but certain things I'm just not going to do. I'm 51 years old. Still terrified of my mama. <laughs> yeah. she, called me, she called me on the phone. <laughs> She, 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 she know how to work that Google. She got an Android phone. So she know how to work that the Duo, right? Yeah. So I had to call you on the Duo because I want to look you in the face. 
Didn't I tell you to call me? I said, Mama, I apologize. I'm sorry. I meant to call you, but I was working. She said, well, you better have then. <laughs> I said, so what, what is it that you want? I just wanted to talk to you. You didn't even want nothing. <laughs> you didn't even want nothing, but I got to follow that rule. Yeah. Follow that rule. Yeah, that's in your head now, and you're going to follow through with it. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it must be hard it, because I can understand the desire to want your kids to open up and to talk to you because I think sometimes a lot of people didn't have the opportunity at all. But yeah. how do you manage those boundaries and that discipline that kids don't want, but they need? Like we all need structure and boundaries. We do just as humans. I, I, I have no idea how you would balance it because where I came from and growing up, we had to figure shit out. Mm -hmm. You had to figure it out. At a certain age, you had to get out and figure it out. My parents raised us to be able to be sufficient to leave. Mm -hmm. Like I told you, I was out of there when I was 16, but I still had to go back to the house. And do shit like wash the dishes. I don't even live anymore. Oh, but you still gonna wash these dishes because this is your job. I'm yeah. like, I got, you know, I never say you got to get out and get your home. But my mom was like, no, this is your job. You got to wash these. And I used to be like, man, when I got older, I asked my mother one day. I said, mom, why you used to have me still come over and wash this? She said, one part is because I wanted to make sure you were safe. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how you mean? She said, because if you can't wash some dishes, I know you. Was he was all right. And then at the same time, you know, I like the company. And the third part was I needed you because you were on your own. You still had to do what I had to say because you was my child. And I was like, boy, these games. That's why, that's why, and, and you know what I've gotten from that too? Women play a lot of games. Whatever. <laughs> like, oh, no, now you want to be whatever. <laughs> you know that. You know that. Some women will go so far to test you. And that's basically what my mother was doing. She was testing me with her, um, the respect level. I took that. I, you know, I, I take yeah. a lot of other stuff. But, 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 but was that helpful? Can you see the benefits of that? No, because I, I, I don't. I have a dishwasher now. I hate washing dishes. <laughs> I despise it. But, yeah, but you know how to do it. And it built a level of responsibility in you. So, yeah. You don't have to like it. But if your dishwasher broke. You know how to do those basic skills. She grew that in you, whether you yeah. like it or not. Yeah, right? Because, because let me tell you what that, that actually did to my mother and my great-grandmother at one time made me in, get in the kitchen for the whole weekend and was mm -hmm. showing me how to cook stuff. Mm -hmm. I cook. I'm not no super-duper chef, but I was like, man, why I got to cook all this? Why I got to learn? Why I got to sit? It was like, because you're not going to be sitting up here depending yep. on the woman. Exactly. You're going to know how to go in the house and you could do equal with her. Like I could do house chores and she could, you know, do, do I could do the same thing if she wasn't there or if I was living by myself. And then now that in a way it caused the problem. I'm going to tell you how it caused the problem because okay. later on in life, when I had my own and I had a crib, my bathroom, my bathroom and my kitchen always had to be straight. Right. Women will come over and be like, so what woman living with you? 
It's there's too much bleach in that bathroom. I said it's bleach in the kitchen too. When I wash this, I wash this with bleach. What? Why do you think that's a woman over there? Because men don't do that. I said, oh, you really? What it mean is you've been with some nasty men. Yeah, but see, going back to you talking about women playing all these tricks and games and all this stuff, you're that's what you learned. You wouldn't have done that just off the top. Yeah, I've been prepared. I've been exactly. So she prepared you for what you needed, and that, and I think that's how you kind of strike that balance as a parent, making sure that you're teaching those lessons because you want your kid to be self sufficient. I remember knowing how to balance a checkbook. I mean, I don't have to balance a checkbook, but now I know how to do it. Knowing how to wash my clothes, knowing how to take care of myself, knowing when I got my first apartment and I moved to Georgia away from my mother in New Jersey. I had the ability to take care of myself and all those things sustained me. So when she's not here, I still know how to take care of myself. I know that she she made sure that I was good. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's, a, that's what a good parent does. That is, that is. She she that was like when I got older, I realized I was like, so this was the wax on, wax off shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, karate kid. And uh -huh. he was like, why do I got to do this? Yeah. And so he ran up on him. And then he started, you know, doing I was like, oh. I mean, I, I, you know, like I said, you get old and you really understand. But I, I, I and I know that if they would have told me the reason they was doing it then, I would have been like, man, that ain't going to make me do that. Yep. So it already had me prepared. So when my defenses came, when women do start playing, I'm, get on, get on. I know what you're doing. Wax on, wax on. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> they, they couldn't stand it. They can't get past me with it because I don't think I don't think like no. I, the men was in my life, but I had a balance. Like you said, I had a balance. Yeah, honestly, that and they don't make me no better than no other person because I've made tremendous mistakes. Because you're still gonna bump your own head before you. Oh, absolutely. Really if you're fall. human, yeah, it's gonna happen. Yeah. But before we end today, what else do you got to answer, uh, add to this? And I really want you to explain to them what they do and where they can come find you because there's a lot of people out here. And I tell people this all the time because my foundation, Comedy Over Depression, is real. And I want people to know that I know somebody that they can talk to, that they can trust and put their seven. But a lot of people still, you know, they might be kind of antsy on doing that. But mm -hmm. what do you think? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that just the counseling in general, whether it's with me or anybody else, it's really about you're struggling with something. It doesn't mean you have a mental health illness. It doesn't mean you're insane or you're crazy or any of that stuff. It's just about the struggles that we go through. A lot of people have reached out during the pandemic just because they didn't know how to manage this new normal, how to manage being at home with all these people, how to manage the depression they had or the sadness or just not really knowing what direction I want to go or maybe having these things in my past that I haven't dealt with. And now I see them playing out in relationships. So counseling is just about humans struggling, needing some extra support. So if we can just try to normalize it as much as possible, just like if I'm not feeling well for a week, I'm going to go to the doctor. Why not do that for your mental health? So I just think it's important to take care of all of you. I think in this time of the pandemic, more than anything, we have seen the importance of our mental health and what a big deal it is to take care of ourselves. So it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to get support. It doesn't mean you're going to be there for years. You do not have to take medication if you don't want to. A lot of people don't need medication. 
It's just about getting the support you need to make sure that you are whole and healthy. That's it. Um, people can find me at Peace of Mind Psychology on Facebook and Instagram. I do have a private practice in Georgia called Peace of Mind Psychological Services, and we are in Johns Creek. Um, and we do counseling and psychological evaluations for children, teens, and adults. So again, Peace of Mind Psychology on Facebook and Instagram. And there is nothing wrong with asking for help when you don't feel good. That's what I want to end with. All right, I'm with that. I, I, I myself will tell people if you have a problem and you have something on your mind, you want to talk to somebody, you feel like you can't talk to nobody, get in an Uber and talk to that Uber driver. Okay. I'm going to tell you why. Okay. Start getting it off your chest. Yeah, okay. I ain't going to never see you again. Ain't going to know who you are. You're going to swipe that off. Your name going to be gone. Talk to somebody. It don't got to just be Uber driver. You talk to your beautician. You talk to your 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 barber. You talk to the person at the bottom. Uh, what do you call it? the bartender? Talk to somebody. I think talking is the starting point of healing. Am I right or wrong? You are right. And I think that if you're talking to someone and you still feel like you need, okay, what do I do with this? Because that's the other piece. So I can talk about it. But what do I do? How I how do I make this better? Then that's probably an indication that maybe it's important to go to counseling. I'm going to counseling, and I do this for a living because at the end of the day, I'm human first before I'm anything else. So right, right. yeah, different steps and different levels to it. Absolutely, trying to get it off your chest, so and you can see where you can go from there. Yep. But man, once again, Doc, I thank you for coming through. Man, this is a beautiful experience. Anything you need me to do, you just let me know. You know how to get in tune with me. And I thank you for coming on. Um, everybody, please go follow. Once again, you said peace. Peace of mind psychology. Peace of mind psychology. She's mm -hmm. here in Atlanta. Um, but I think if you follow her, she, she'll talk to you. Y'all yeah. yeah. get it together. It's hard <laughs> out here. And if I'm going to tell y'all this one thing before I leave. If we do. Go back into another pandemic. Go right now. Get a deep freezer. You need a deep freezer. You got to put your meat up. You got to stock up. Sit back and chill. Hey, thank you so much for coming on. Thank I'm you for having me. All right. Bye-bye. Yep, that was the Dr. Gaynor. She is well-versed in psychology, so y'all go check her out. Um, it's your boy Ballhead. I'm about to get on up out of here. Got a couple of things going on. I'm going to let y'all know. Y'all make sure y'all follow me. If y'all not follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Comedian Ballhead Phillips on Instagram, Comedian Ballhead Phillips on Facebook. I have a few things going on. I got a September. I will be in Ontario doing a show. Me and my boy Ray Grady is going to be going down. My man Keith Lewis will be hosting the show. My first time in Ontario. Also, I'll be back in Houston coming up. But in Houston on October 30th is the battleground. Ten comedians, five from Houston, five from Chicago. 10K on the line. I ain't taking no friends. It ain't no games. I got to do what I got to do. And I hope y'all could uh, join me. It will be virtual and it will be live. You know, I had to go. But y'all, y'all be on my social media and it'll be advertised on there. Thank y'all for coming through. 
This is Bald Heads Podcast signing out. And as I say all the time, y'all pray for me, I'll pray for y'all. Bam.